Hello, welcome to another episode of A Pastor and His People. I am Pastor Witt here with Pastor Dave King. That's right. So happy to be here, guys. We are in Acts chapter 8 as we are making our way downtown through Acts. It's such a great book, you know. <laughs> I mean, I have lots of uh, pastors I know preach through Acts relatively, you know, a lot. I'm just feeling, oh, it's just Acts, 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 Acts. Yeah. Uh, and of course, I'm in my 10th year of ministry. I'm going like, okay, now I'm finally tackling Acts. Right. Um, we did a mini-series on Paul's sermons years ago. But mm-hmm. man, what a great book. Yeah. It's so rich. Yeah, I think I was talking to someone right after the sermon. I was like, they're just looking, man, Acts. Every week, you're just like, man, that's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Love it. Uh, so we are in Acts chapter 8, verses 26 through 40. Yeah, and I just want to say this. Remember, as you're listening to the sermons, I don't do this every single week and try to highlight where this fits in the whole entire book of Acts. In the Acts 1-8, you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Mm-hmm. But you have to keep that perspective, right? Like, I didn't even draw out, really, only right at the end, about the difference between Simon and um, Ethiopian eunuch, mm-hmm. right? You know, one who had all the power in the world had a hard time following Christ, and one who had nothing in many ways in terms of the eyes of the world right. wanted Christ. So yeah. there's this all. Read all I'm trying to say is when you think about the Book of Acts, look at how Luke is writing it in sections, mm-hmm. right? For a whole entire chapter, I think he's trying to draw out. This is the Samaritans, how the Samaritans are getting the gospel. Hmm. That's interesting. Um, so you started your uh, sermon off with a introduction on mission statements. Yes. And what is our mission statement? Uh, what is our mission statement? Yes. Uh, our mission statement is to uh, fulfill the Great Commandment and the Great Commission. We don't really have a mission statement. There's one on the website I put up there years ago just because I felt like I had to have one. I don't think I've told hardly anybody what it, what it actually is. Yeah. You know, to, to live God's way, uh, to trust God's word, to live God's way for God's glory, something simple like that. Yeah. Um, but... Honestly, I didn't want to, I, I don't really want, I want us to become like Jesus and to love Jesus, mm-hmm. right? So I don't want to make our, our church all about the mission statement. Right. If you look at churches today, and I'm, I'm around lots of church planters and lots of churches starting out, um, and they think that you have to have this mission statement, right? So, John Whitaker, okay. right? If um, you're uh, going to have a, a okay. mission statement for a church, <laughs> yeah. right, what words would you put in there? Not just the whole mission statement, but what words are you going to have in there? Love, God. Jesus, obey, commission. <laughs> yeah, so if you're, if you're going to have a mission statement today, here's, here's the words that you're going to see. Multi-ethnic, gospel-centered, healthy, multiplying disciples. Right? Like, you're going to see all those, those words. Those are good. Oh, those are great words, right? But those are the words that are kind of happening in the, the evangelical world right now, right? Yeah. Those are the words that people want. Right. So many of the many mission statements mm-hmm. for companies are trying to, to meet the populace. Right. It's the same thing for the church. We're trying to draw. You know, some of those are convictions rooted in the scriptures, right. um, but they're also trying to. We want to be different than. And you know, I think there's a, there's an element even in my ministry here where I've made it seem that we want to be different from other churches, right? And I don't think that's my heart. My right. heart is we just want to be churches like the Bible, right? Yeah. Who love the Bible. We want our mission and our our life together be reflected of the scriptures. And we want other churches to do the same thing, right? right? And if other churches aren't, we're not trying to be different from them. We're trying to be faithful to the scriptures, right? So anyway. Um, so with that being said, right, so how does your introduction, because you're probably talking about churches here, but it seems a very to be a very individualistic text. Yeah. 
how do those two things kind of coincide here? Well, I, I'm thinking about if you look at the flow of the text, mm -hmm. it's the, the Lord is moving um, Philip. Yeah. The Lord is moving the Ethiopian eunuch. Right. So it's an individual text, but what I'm trying to say, this is the Lord's mission. The Lord's mission is to gather a people for himself who are zealous for good works to glorify his name. Right. Through the gospel of the Son. So it's, it's the Lord's mission what I was trying to draw out. So yeah, okay. our mission is not as important as the Lord's mission, mm -hmm. right? So I think that we as individuals want to highlight our individual mission, which is fine, right? We all have to have an aim, something we're pointing at. But I think even more, what is the Lord's mission, right? And how can we enjoy that mission? That's good. And your first point was the Lord sends his people. So his mission, right, is he is now sending his people. You said, do you highlight that in verse 26? The angel of the Lord said to Philip, rise, go toward the south of the road. South of the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza, the this is a desert place. What is, why are the details there? Yeah, so for, first, I think, you know, one, the angel of the Lord, right? Mm. We don't know who the angel of the Lord is, right. right? Someone came to Philip. We don't know if it was a voice, if he saw someone. We don't know. Right. But Philip very hurt, understood that an angel is speaking to me, go to Gaza, right? Mm. Go on this road to Gaza. So he, so he goes, right? Um, I think the details of it being a desolate place, right, or a desert place, I think is significant, right? Yeah. The angel of the Lord didn't say that. The well, angel of the Lord said, what? Go here. Right. Luke's comment is, this is a desolate place, mm -hmm. right? Which means it doesn't make any logical sense that you should go there, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, even today, the mission strategy, most things, even our own mission board, yeah. uh, is go to cities. Go to cities. Go to mm -hmm. cities. Go to universities and go to cities. That's where the, the intellectual power right. is and the influencers, and that's going to trickle down eventually to the rest of society. But God cares about all people mm -hmm. in all places, Right. So it, it's okay to go to a remote village with only 30 to 40 people who don't have a written alphabet, right, yeah. and don't have a, a gospel impact to spend your life there. So it's kind of very interesting because that's, that's a few words. This is a desert place or a desolate place, but it seems to be attacking, I, mean, I would say it's almost in every human being's heart. I want to do something significant that people are mentioned. And just think about the context, right? Yeah. I mean, we missed last Sunday, right, because of because of the snow. Mm -hmm. So maybe it's hard to see the connection to Simon. Mm -hmm. Remember with Simon, he was telling everyone that he was someone great, right? right? There's this idea of greatness in that human heart. Like, I want to be great and well-known. I want people to know me. And then the Philip, the one who's actually being obedient, he's going, okay, you're going to go to this desert place. Mm -hmm. And even think about this. People were no longer following Simon. This great crowd was not following Simon, but who they're following. They're following Philip, right? Philip has this great crowd of people following him, and he's preaching the gospel. You would think it's foolish for Philip to leave this place. Right. But what does God do? Go, leave these people, because I have someone else I want you to, to share the gospel with. Right. Right? So the Lord is in charge of that, right? Mm -hmm. And the Lord says, go, we go. Right? So, so, so for us in our hearts, how do we apply that this week to, okay, obscurity is not bad. Any tips for people listening? I mean, well, I mean, I, I said this in a sermon. I said that some of us are going to our jobs, right, and we're entering into the tedium of spreadsheets, uh, the tedium of, you know, laundry, right? There's mm -hmm. things that we do every single week, and we're like, okay, what is the point, right? I'm teaching another lesson on math. How does this lesson on math impact the kingdom of God? Right. Um, you know, and... Be faithful at your jobs and understand the Lord has called you there for a purpose, right? The Lord has orchestrated in your life for you to be in the place where you are. He's got a, a reason for it, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and he's going to use it. 
I remember hearing the story of a, of a missionary going to Uganda, right? And uh, she goes there and she says, um, I'll do anything. We want to do anything you want. We want to serve, right? So, so she, she got slotted to be a nanny for two weeks. Stayed in the same house, watched the kids for an entire um, two weeks. And about the, about the middle of the second week, she's like, I paid all this money to go on a mission trip. This is her talking about, I did all this money to go on a mission trip in Uganda. And I want to do all these great things for the Lord in Uganda. And all I'm doing is laundry and helping care for kids and helping to serve this one family. Um, and, you know, by the end of the trip, that same family said, you know, you are different from other missionaries, right? Because you came here to serve, right? And your, your humility and your love for the Lord Jesus was so evident. And you're willing to take the role of a servant in our home, Right? And the, the, the person who was sharing the story said a, an outbreak of evangelism and gospel growth happened in that community because of the servant-heartedness of one uh, college student, hmm. right? So we don't know what the Lord is doing, right. right? We don't know what the Lord is doing with our tedium, but we know the Lord is doing something with it, yeah. right? And we have no idea the, the collective taking care of spreadsheets, teaching those lessons, doing those, those chores— what it's going to communicate to your children and what's going to communicate for God's kingdom long-term, right? But at the end of the day, we're not trying to make a name for ourselves. We're trying to be faithful in, in, in the position the Lord has given us and be okay with that. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Uh, so your second point, the Lord steer, stirs his people, verses 27 through 30. And he rose and went, and there was an Ethiopian, a eunuch, a court official of Candace, the queen of the Ethiopians who was in charge of all her treasure, he had come to Jerusalem to worship and was returning, seated in his uh, chariot, and he was reading the prophet Isaiah. And the spirit said to Philip, go over and join this chariot. Uh, so Philip ran to him and heard him reading Isaiah the prophet and asked, do you understand what you are reading? I like how you stop right there in the middle of the uh, yeah. conversation. Yeah. <laughs> let, let, let it hang for a minute. And you say he's staring two people. What do you mean by that? So I'm, I'm thinking, okay, you know, when, when someone is going to be converted, mm -hmm. right, God stirs his people to go, right? Mm -hmm. So you get this from Romans chapter 10, or how can they hear unless someone goes to, right. to preach to them? So God has to stir in us to be faithful in sharing his message. Um, but he's also stirring up the Ethiopian eunuch, mm -hmm. who's being saved, right? The Ethiopian is not saved at this point. He is not a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, and yet God is working on his heart. And I think that sometimes we forget that the Lord does not need us, but wants to use us, mm -hmm. right? So he is moving in people's lives all the time, and we just have to see how he's moving. It's interesting, before Sunday school, uh, one of the saints of the church came to me and said, the Lord is moving, right? And we were just talking, we said, so we know the Lord is always moving. We just have to pray that God gives us eyes to see it, right? Uh, and I just, I just found it really interesting in connection with the sermon. So Philip had no idea what was going on in the Ethiopian eunuch's life. Right. Absolutely no idea. Just like you have no idea when you, you're, I mean, Beloved, I'm so encouraged by John Whitaker. Um, just you are such a faithful evangelist, right? You know, we are gifted to evangelize. You're gifted to kind of talk about anything for any amount of time. Right? <laughs> anything. The Lord, the Lord has been very kind. You, you are like a human version of Seinfeld. You can talk about nothing for hours. Um, but like you have harnessed that to be faithful in sharing the gospel on campus. You know, on Whitaker's campus. And when you go there, you have no idea what's going on in people's lives. But you know that when you go to talk to this person, that God has already beat you there, right? Yeah. He's already working on this person's heart. He's bringing this idea. Right. So the person may say, 
I'm struggling with this idea of suffering or I'm struggling with this idea of, you know, um, loneliness or transgender and whatever it is, like, you know that there's a struggle and there's a wrestling that the Holy Spirit's pressing on their heart mm-hmm. and you're just a part of the, their journey and you can sprinkle some seeds, right? Mm-hmm. Or you can water, water, water the, the seeds that have already been sown. That's really every one of us. Mm-hmm. A great book. I'm thinking about this idea of evangelism by Max Stiles. And he talks about how people come to faith not because of the witness of one person, but the witness of a whole entire church community. Mm-hmm. That's been the testimony of a lot of people in our church, right? They come to our body. They're like, wait, these people are nice. These people are friendly. Mm-hmm. Oh, they have a conversation. Oh, this person invites us over here. Wow. I'm having like, it's, it's not just one person who shares the faith. Like yeah. the Lord is stirring in their hearts and we have the privilege in all these different ways to help them, you know, the Lord save them. Right, yeah. so God uses our words. God uses our actions. God uses lots of things in our lives to point people to Christ. Yeah, I, I honestly, I do think the confidence that if God doesn't move at all in vain, it's very helpful when you go to share it because you're ultimately not depending on yourself. Your your only hope, and I think there's something good about that uncomfortableness when we evangelize. Yeah, because often we're looking for tips on evangelism, like how can I evangelize and not feel uncomfortable. But I think what you're, what that is is showing you is, your, it's evangelism is an opportunity to put your faith in Jesus, because you're saying, I'm uncomfortable, I don't want to do this, but I trust Jesus Christ died and rose again. That's really what you're doing. That uncomfortableness is a good place to be, yeah. Because you're once again, it's another place you're saying, I cannot do this, I need Jesus, and I think it's very helpful for our spiritual growth. Yeah. So I talked to the guy who led me to Christ um, on Saturday, and. Um, that's cool. He's been a faithful brother for a lot of friend, for a friend for a number of years, mm-hmm. and um, he was in the real estate business, and he was very successful in his job. And the Lord called him out of the real estate business mm-hmm. to be a young life director in Palatine, Illinois. And you know, he came and I was when I was a freshman in high school, mm-hmm. right? And because I was a freshman in high school and I was searching, um, he built a friendship with me. My sophomore year, I gave my life to the Lord Jesus. Um, now the Lord was stirring in my heart before he. Right. I met John and Coach Pick, but Pick was the one was starting his heart to leave his real estate practice right. to come to work with high school students. Yeah. So this is what the Lord is doing all the time, right? The Lord, like you, you, you did a great job unpacking that even last night about, you know, what God is doing in the world, right? God is doing all these things, you know, mm-hmm. through bringing in Samuel to kind of give us a foretaste of who who Christ is, right? Mm-hmm. And through working with Hannah and how Hannah is like. Like Mary, right. you know, you're seeing all all these all these works because he's showing that something greater is coming. Like the Lord is that master, mm-hmm. His sovereign over all these things, and I think that we just forget that mm-hmm. every time we forget about God's sovereignty and salvation, um, and God's sovereignty in our own evangelism. Mm-hmm. I think it diminishes our evangelism because yeah. it depends more on us. When man, if the Lord is already moving, it may be where I'm called to be the aroma of death to someone, right. where they're going to reject and shun me, right? Mm-hmm. Like Simon. Right? Yeah. You know, which had happened just previously. Um, but, you know, yeah, I guess I just want to just highlight that point. Yeah, that's good. Uh, your third point, um, the Lord instructs his people. Uh, verses 31 through 35, he says, And he said, how can, I, how can I unless someone guides me? And he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. Now, the passage of the scripture that he was reading was this. Like a sheep, he was led to the slaughter. Like a lamb before its shear, it's silent. So he opens out his mouth. In his humiliation, justice was denied him. Who can describe his generation? For his life is taken away from the earth. And the eunuch said to Philip, About whom, I ask, does the prophet say this? About himself or someone else? 
Then Philip opened his mouth and began with the scripture. He told him the good news about Jesus. That's pretty cool. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it just happened to be Isaiah 53. That's, that's wild. What are the odds? Yeah. <laughs> what are the odds? Um, it's amazing how the Lord moves, mm-hmm. you know. And even like when I was reading it during the sermon, when I read verse 35, mm-hmm. then Philip opened his mouth and beginning with this scripture, he told him the good news about Jesus. Yeah. Oh, I was just moved by that. Praise mm-hmm. God that he allows us to share the good news about Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, we need to be taught. Mm-hmm. We need to, to be, you know, somebody needs to expound the scripture so that we can understand it. Yeah. You know, I mean, I remember, you know, when you were, you know, 21, 22, and we, you know, you know, teaching through Psalm 22 and saying actually Psalm 22 is a reference. Jesus is actually referencing that to the cross. Yeah. And you're like, oh my gosh. Your mind was absolutely blown. Yeah. And I know you've had that same experience with other people. And it's like, oh wow, someone teaches me and I'm able to teach somebody else. And right. this is the nature of discipleship, right? You know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I guess, you know, we, God gives us, uh, if we want to learn more about God, God gives us each other to learn about each other. Yeah. You know? So it's, 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 a, it's a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. That's good. Um, yeah, this is a really important point. It's just, I mean, so the Lord instructs people. Like, instruction is necessary. I think uh, we're talking about this, we're talking about evangelism for Wednesday night. And I think there is something in our culture that this is different of our aim is not to make converts. Our aim is to make disciples. And there is a shift there in missions and the church that the church is necessary because we're not just trying to share the gospel so someone can get saved. We want to also teach them to observe all Christ has commanded. And then as they grow in maturity in Christ, there is this light that as we as believers, so, I mean, so you highlighted expository preaching, elders. I mean, there's a lot going on here. Is there anything else you'd like to unpack? Or yeah, I, mean, I, I would just say this, God, beloved. It, it's so important that you teach um, children. Mm-hmm. It's so important that you teach youth, right? I mean, do, that's not like second class teaching, mm-hmm. right? I mean, that's really important gospel instruction. Um, that I don't think we often highlight enough. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I know I know my kids are, have grown so much in the Lord because of the teachers of this of this church, mm-hmm. right? Well, guess what you're doing? You're forming my kids into be future missionaries, Lord willing, future husbands and fathers, mm-hmm. right? We're going to instruct their children, and they're going to remember lessons they learned when they were in uh, Sunday school. But they mm-hmm. may not remember the actual lesson, yeah, because you know, when did I learn this? I don't know, but I learned it somewhere <laughs> yeah. along the way. Someone taught it to me. Um, and I think that's just how the Lord works, mm-hmm. right? So I think maybe those of you listening, you know, we should all take a humbled stance, right? And I kind of do this out a little bit. Like, I'm not going to say anything, everything new and profound every single week. Yeah. Like, I am, I can't do that. Well, because I'm not called to do that. Yeah. My ministry is a ministry of reminding mm-hmm. and teaching the text. Here's what the text says. Yeah. Let me explain what this text says. And sometimes people are like, well, I've already heard that before. Mm-hmm. And you check out. Well, no, there may be something in the sermon that you need to hear again. You need to be reminded again. Um, so these are the things that, you know, we have a humble stance. We realize instruction is good. It's good for my soul. Um, you know, I have found that even the books I read, a lot of times I've read these these, these concepts mm-hmm. a lot before, right? You know, and I'm like, okay, I already got this. And I have to train my own heart now. Go back and reread that scripture. Mm-hmm. Go back and reread his point. Right? Yeah. Don't think that you don't need to hear what he has to say. Right. And I just encourage all of us. It's, it's a beautiful thing to learn. So. Yeah. And I think, I mean, as a teacher, like we can kind of confess this. There's a temptation on our end to say something new or try to make something interesting. And like, it's like the problem is not necessarily our minds knowing it; is our heart has shrunk. You know, we 
the hearts can't grasp the truth. Like Sunday school, we're going through Matthew 27. It's Jesus died on the cross. I told the class, like, you're not going to hear anything. The next few weeks as you go through Matthew 27, you're not going to hear something different. Jesus is dying on the cross. But, like, it should make us weep. It should move us. Like, our Savior is going to the cross. I have nothing else new to, information to give you, but this is written. It's a long chapter for a reason. Like, and I, so I think you know, this is an important thing. And this is, this is just something you should pray for your pastors about, is that there's always a temptation to do things that are new and different. Mm -hmm. Because you feel like I have to keep people entertained. Right. right. I have to keep people. I'm the one. If, if I don't preach a good sermon, people aren't going to want to come back. I mm -hmm. have to say something new and dynamic. Right. But my sermons are very basic, right? When you read the text and you look at my outline, you're like, oh, okay. I mean, <laughs> yes, they're, they're, not, they're, not, they're not profound, right? Sometimes they're alliterated, right? Yeah. You know, for, you know, because I'm looking for things simply to remember myself. Keeps but people coming back. Alliteration. Keep, keep coming back. <laughs> Gary Huddleston, uh, his favorite, right? Uh, but I, I'm, just trying to be, I'm just trying to be simple, right? Mm -hmm. I'm trying to do gospel basics every single week because yeah. I am trusting in the Word of God and the Spirit of God. I'm not trusting in my own ingenuity. Yeah. But I want to, mm -hmm. right? I want to, mm -hmm. because in my heart is that seed of Simon. I want to be someone great. Mm -hmm. uh, but I have to be okay if I'm just in a desolate place, right. because God wants to take his people and send them to people who need the gospel. Yeah. And whoever God gives us to instruct, let us instruct them faithfully. That's good. Your last point, the Lord saves his people. Uh, verses 36 through 40, and as they're going along the road, they came... Uh, to some water, and the eunuch said, See, here is water. What prevents me from being baptized? And he commanded the chariot to stop, and the boy, and they both went down into the water, Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized them. And when they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord carried Philip away, and the eunuch saw him no more, and went on his way rejoicing. But Philip found himself at Azotus. And as he passed through, he preached the gospel through all the towns until he came to Caesarea. Uh, this is a short point. I mean, there's not... I mean, there's not the Lord saves. Yeah. And I mean, I love that kind of what prevents me from being baptized. And you've said nothing. Yeah. I, so, so I, I'm curious on the Ethiopian's mind here. Yeah. So obviously we know he's a righteous man, mm -hmm. right? He wouldn't have been in charge of it. He's, he's trustworthy. He's faithful. That's right. why he's got in charge of the treasury. Um, even why his queen let him even go to Jerusalem. Right. right. You don't let servants just go travel many, many, many miles, thousands right. of miles to go worship their God if they aren't trustworthy, mm -hmm. right? Um, but reading Isaiah 56 about the eunuch, right? so if the faithful eunuch, the eunuch who does this, this, and this, will get this name. Mm -hmm. It's almost as if, in the way that text could be read, it's the eunuch has to do these things in order to have salvation, mm -hmm. right? And I can almost think about him trying to earn his salvation, trying to earn his favor, earn this new name that God yeah. is going to give him, and never being able to do it because he's unclean. He's not able to worship. Right. Um, and then seeing Isaiah 53 and saying, wait, someone has done this for me already. Mm -hmm. right? And, and to have him like, what prevents me? Yeah. Like, like the gospel realization, it hit him. Right. right? Nothing. I, it's not, I, I'm not less than because I'm a eunuch. Mm -hmm. Right, God loves me. Yeah. Right, God died for me. Like that is profound. That's all of us, right? Mm -hmm. That's all of us. Like, what prevents me from being baptized? Nothing. Mm -hmm. Nothing. Yeah. Call upon His name, and He welcomes you in. Um, and the Lord saves. The Lord saves all kinds of people. Man. Right. What a beautiful, powerful um, picture of God's kindness. Yeah.
Yeah, and that's kind of a heart posture we all want, right? It says he went all the way rejoicing, mm. right? Like, all the way back to either. He's just kind of in the chariot, like, let's go, guys. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> you know, and then what did Philip do? Philip went, and what did he do? He did what he always did. He went about preaching the gospel right. until he went to Caesarea. So, listen, Philip um, is a powerful figure in the New Testament. Mm-hmm. We don't often talk about him. You know, uh, I was asked this question. Philip is a deacon, right? Okay. Um, and I think it's important that he is a deacon because... Uh, the, the, the baptism isn't directly related to the apostles, right? Mm-hmm. The apostles had already come down, right? Remember, like, there were, there were things were happening, and uh, Peter and John kind of came down from Jerusalem mm-hmm. to check on Simon, right? And the Holy Spirit kind of fell. So they kind of wanted to validate the Samaritans' beliefs. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this, Peter and John went away preaching the gospel and actually learning from Philip. Now, we don't know if he was, I said he's a deacon, but we don't know if he's officially a deacon. He was set aside to care right. for the widows. We don't know if they kind of handle all that, but he was caused to leave Jerusalem because of the uh, the persecution. Um, but he was preaching the gospel, mm-hmm. right? Like the gospel preaching does, is not rested in like solely on the apostles. It's not solely on the elders, right? The only ones who are preaching the gospel part of the church should not be the pastors. Right. It should be every single member of the church, right? You know, we should all be teaching and instructing others so that they can grow in Christ, right? Mm-hmm. Now the public teaching of the word to our congregation, that's set aside for men qualified in the scriptures right. as elders, right? right? Because there's a specific role that that's, that's being, being played. Mm-hmm. But that's further developed down the line, right? Yeah. We don't know. Acts was probably written in 62 AD. Timothy and uh, Titus were probably written before that. Um, you know, I think maybe the 50s would, would, be, would be Timothy. It's off the top of my head. I could be wrong there. Um, but I think that this is describing how the church advanced, mm-hmm. right? So the Lord saves, the Lord saves, the Lord yeah. saves. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your love and your mercy towards us. Thank you, Father, for you have sent people uh, like Philip to us, Lord, bearing the good news. And I pray, Father, that we would also uh, be obedient to our Master Jesus Christ, and we would go, and we would send, and we would instruct, Lord, uh, for the ultimate purpose, for Father, of not our glory, but yours. We pray all this in Christ's name. Amen. Amen.